Well, shalom. Welcome to the Torah to Basora for Parsha and more. We are going to get underway with the fifth Aliyah, starting in Vayikra chapter 23. And the Basora portion will be coming from Matit Yahu, which is Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 59 and going through 66. I will begin with the opening bracha. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, Asher bachar banu mikol amim, Venatan lanu et torato, Baruch atah Adonai, Noten haTorah. Amen. Amen. Vayikra chapter 23, going through 23 through 32. And Adonai spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first of the month, Tishrei Aleph, it shall be a Shabbat for you, a remembrance of Yisrael through the shofar blast, a holy occasion. You shall not perform any work of labor. You shall offer up the fire offering to Adonai. And Adonai spoke to Moshe, saying, But... On the tenth of this month, the seventh month, Tishrei Yod, it is a day of atonement. It shall be a holy occasion for you. You shall afflict yourselves and you shall offer up the fire offering to Adonai. You shall not perform any work on that very day, for it is a day of atonement for you to gain atonement before Adonai, your God. For any person who will not be afflicted on that very day shall be cut off from its people. Any person who performs any work on that day, on that very day, I will destroy that person from amidst its people. You shall not perform any work. This is an eternal statute. It's funny because it's not treated that way. It's an eternal statute throughout your generations in your dwelling and all your dwelling places. Okay. It is a complete day of rest for you and you shall afflict yourselves on the ninth of the month in the evening. From evening to evening, you shall observe your rest day. Side note, the Torah right here shows us that days begin in the evening. Uh, just in that plain text. That concludes our fifth Aliyah, going to Basora. But the chief priests and the elders in the whole assembly sought against Yeshua witnesses that they might put him to death. And they did not find any, and many false witnesses came, and at last two came forward. And they said, This man said, I can destroy the temple of the Lord, and in three days rebuild it. And the high priest rose up and said to him, Do you respond nothing? What, about, what is this that these testify against you? But Yeshua was silent. Then the high priest answered and said to, them, said to him, I adjure you by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Yeshua said to him, You say that. But I say to you that from henceforth you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power, and coming upon the clouds of the sky. The, the high priest then rent his clothes and said, Behold, he is blaspheming. Why therefore do we need witnesses? 
Behold, you have now heard this blasphemy. What else do you want? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. That is Matthew 26, 59 through 66. You can just sit right there. Because I have a feeling you're probably going to have something to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got anything you want to say on that? Um, actually, no, not on that yet, no. Really? Okay. <laughs> well, when everyone is ready to tag in, just let me know, and I will pass you the recording device. Shalom Alakim. Welcome. Well, I have a brand new source here, courtesy of our Ish Chassid, our Shomer Batman, and uh, it's called Windows to the Soul, and it's by Rabbi Michael Bernstein. It says, a psychiatrist finds a wealth of ideas in the weekly Torah reading. Time to get mental. <laughs> so, gonna look at where we are in our shot here. Side note: It does go into uh, the Sadducee agenda, which led to the corruption of the second Beit Hamikdash. So you can read all about that in here. So you can know Rabbi Griffin is not crazy because we talk about that quite a bit around here, that uh, the second temple was highly corrupt, close to its end. And if you didn't believe Josephus or Rabbi Griffin, then hopefully you'll believe a psychiatrist. And if not, he can probably help you with that. Yeah, just lay down on the couch. Tell me about your problems. Twenty-six. So I think I'm gonna start from here. Uh, I'm on page sixty-three. So yes, this is my tag. It says joy is the common requirement of all the festivals, although it is only mentioned specifically in the context of Sukkot which is chapter 23, verse 40. It says, And you shall rejoice before Adonai your God for seven days. The Talmud enumerates eating meat and drinking wine as expressions of this joy. But of course, the feeling in the heart is paramount. So you can do all these physical things, but what's going on with your heart? Because that's, that's what really matters. And it says, elsewhere we find that joy is central to all Torah observance. Devarim 28, 45 through 47. And all these misfortunes shall befall because you did not serve Adonai your God with joy and satisfaction in all your plentitude. Languages reflect cultural priorities and interests. Eskimos have dozens of terms to tease out the nuances of snow. Hebrew is not particularly concerned with snow, but it has numerous terms for happiness. <laughs> Most prominent among these 
are Simcha, which appears several times in Torah. Sason, which is one of my favorite words, which I need more of, please, Hashem. And uh, it, this appears once in Devarim 28.62. These are the two most frequent expressions of joy that filter through our liturgy. The Vilna Gaon draws a distinction between these two words. The term simka, he explains, refers to happiness that derives from attaining, whereas sason refers to happiness that derives from having. Okay, I got to read more one paragraph. This is, this is really, I'm liking this. Okay, a close look at the words themselves confirms this distinction. In Ivrit, in Hebrew, similar sounding words formed by changing only one letter are related. Oh, this is, okay, that's legit. So new, new skill for us all here, put us all on the same level. If we see similar sounding words which I have a mini tag that I want to tag on myself for uh, the stop so dot here because he's talking about uh, Ketorit and Parochit. Remember that? Oh, yeah. That's been like a year and a half and we still haven't found anything. And you have the Kaporit as well. And the Kaporit. Yeah. So um, according to this, this is saying that if you have similar sounding words formed by changing only one letter, they are related. <laughs> so, it says, consequently, the root for Sinka is Sameach. It's etymology, etymologically, yeah. Etymology, yes, etymologically. Oh, come on. Related to Zameach, which is to grow or to flourish. Barukata Adonai, Matzmiyak, Karen Yeshua. Blessed are you, Adonai, who causes this, the pride of David to sprout forth. Okay. Uh, and then it says, the transformation is accomplished by exchange of the first letter from a scene to a zadi, both of which produce similar lingual sounds. Simka, therefore, betray, portrays Happiness derived from activities of growth or attainment. Get you some. Because it's also interesting to note that there's a there's a source that says that Isaac in the Alam Haba is gonna be called Yisak instead of instead of Yitzak because he traded his his sheen for a sadi. Oh. <clears throat> due to the fact that he became the Akidah. But because of that, because the difference between the Sheen and the Zadi, I think, had to do with like the the uh, the years of the, the years of the exile, yeah, yeah the, the war, until the redemption. Like the Gematria, if you do the math, it's like however long they were in Egypt. So that's the root of. So that's what he's talking. That's what he's, ta that's what he's talking Mayak. about. It it does relate to that. So the Zemeach is to grow or to flourish. So it's like the pride of Yitzhak is going to grow and flourish and the Saudi will return back to being a scene. Okay. Which will be when ultimate Sameach is here, when we're in the final redemption with Mashiach.
So you remember what I had found out about that? The the Kapoor, the Katorv and the the Kapoor? The Parokit. The Parokit, yeah. Uh, so every one of them means a covering. It's all they're all a covering. So you have the Katorit, that's a covering for when Hashem comes out of the Holy of Holies. You have the Parokit, that's a covering of the Holy of Holies, and then the Kaporit is the covering they put on top of the ark. So every single one of them is related to covering, even though, I mean, the words are different. So like the spirit, the man, and the the Shekinah, or the Torah? Clothes. Clothes. Wow. <clears throat> it was like a moment ago you said that there was no word for snow. Yeah. So when I looked up the word stuff or for stuff, so that, it actually doesn't mean winter. It's just the closest word they have to it. It's just the word <laughs> that's used to refer to the period of time when the plants aren't growing, even though there's no snow. So, <laughs> so you got to use like context clues. What's the part of the year where typically things don't grow? That's legit. Come on. Well, we passed this one. Since you said context, I mean, you know, words mean everything. Context means everything, just like you said. So you were talking about covering earlier. Remember when Rav Shaul was talking about talking to the, the church in Corinth and they were talking about coverings? Yes. And that's why men wear, wear the kippot because it's a covering. It's a covering, just like women. We wear our we wear our our tackles, because it's a covering, you know. It's so just looking at the kitorit, parochit, uh-huh. uh-huh. and kaporit. Uh huh. If we think that we shouldn't be covered, then we don't miss it somewhere because yeah. if the if wow. the holy of holies, the ark. And 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 all of that had to be covered. What makes us think that we don't need a covering? What's being covered? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Torah is is also a covering for us. So it's to hide. It's not to hide Hashem from us. It's to hide us from Hashem. Us from Hashem. Right. So that when He comes out, we don't fall under immediate judgment. Right. So the the Torah's there. And at the same time, remember when Moshe went up on the, on, the, on on Sinai, and when he came back down, his face glowed. So Moshe had, he had to put a veil over it. He had to cover it. Yeah, I mean, you're right because I mean, I mean, and in, in, in all honesty, if you look at it, it's our covering that distinguishes us. It sets us apart. For everybody else, is our covering that sets us apart from everybody else in the world. Because they can look at us and they know, okay, that's a Jew. Just by our covering. We ain't got to say nothing. We ain't got to do nothing out the ordinary. We can be at the grocery store buying meat. And they can see us and say, okay, that's a Jew. They know the difference. Just by our covering. Distinction. Distinction. Yeah, I got. I got to ask my mom. Dad, you know, like why? Why grow out my tail? And, uh, I said, well, honestly, there's not really a reason given to grow the tail, and you don't really have to grow out, grow them out. 
I said, but I, the reason why I do is just because it's, it's distinct. Like, mm-hmm. it's like distinctly Jewish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, other than that, I don't really. I mean, other than the fact that Hashem says, "Be holy, because I'm holy." But you know, if they, they take everything away from you, all your clothes, your kippa, everything, like in the camp or something, you know. But what do you, you still got your pants? So it's like you still know you're a Jew, without anything else. You know, that's what I like about it. The uh, the funny thing is, is talking talking about coverings. Rabbi Rabbi was talking about halakha. Even if you take the, the the Torah out of the ark, and it has the uh, the covering already on it, if you have it out, you still have to put a cover over the cover. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. So you know how it has it has the. Uh, it has the cover. That's what the little extra thing is. Mm-hmm. Well, you still you still supposed to cover it though. Like even really? if you even if you take it out and you and you it, yeah. have it in a cover and it's no longer in the ark and so you set it down but it has it still has a cover on it. You throw another cover on top of the, on top of the Torah. <laughs> no, if the Torah has to Which I was like, say what? Ark, <laughs> like, I was I mean, here for that. Oh, well, because, you know, the other thing, too, is Hasidus teaches that, you know, each of us should be desire or strive to actually become a living Torah scroll mm-hmm. right. through our studying of the mitzvah, the Torah, our observance, you know, so we literally would be a representative of a Torah scroll. So we would need to be covered right. if I that's mean, the case. Here's z- I mean, think about it. That's what I'm thinking. You're thinking about Zniut too, yeah. It goes beyond Zniut because yeah. it has the cover, but you put an additional one. Right. It's not. Wow. It, Zniut is like mandatory and just like a given. Right. But the other covering is like a symbolism just, of just being submitted to Hashem. Yeah. Yeah. Just be like on top of. And then on top of it, it's not just, it's mandatory. See, I never really saw Zniu as being mandatory. I never saw it that way. I always saw it as, this is how I show that I'm connected to Hashem, because I don't look like everybody else in the world. I ain't walking around with my pajamas on at Walmart, okay? I ain't walking around with all everything all hanging out, in, you know, it's like I'm all covered up because that ain't for nobody else to see. Mm. You know, it's modesty to the point to the form that, you know what? If I didn't do it, I would feel just totally. When I don't even wear my tackle, I feel. And I've actually done this on accident. I've walked outside without my tackle. And as soon as I go through that door, it hits me, dude, you're not covered. It's like, you know, because I feel naked. I'm fully dressed, and I still feel naked because I don't have my head covered. And it's not for me, like, you have to do this. It's I get to do this now. I mean. Plus, it's interesting, too, though, to cover the head, because if you think about, like, the different aspects of the body, you know, like, what's the least or the most holy part of it? It's your head. That's where your soul resides, mm-hmm. you know? So if you just think about the head in and of itself, mm-hmm. why does it need a covering? Well, when you look at the ark, well, that's where it's, you know, that's where its soul is. The Torah is the soul of the ark, is, in, is inside uh, the ark, right? So if the ark is covered, why don't I need to be covered? Absolutely. I mean, it was weird because when Hashem brought this to me personally, 
Submission. Yeah, you need to learn how to submit. You're used to doing everything on your own. You're used to being independent. You have got to learn how to submit to your husband and to trust your husband. And I'm like, okay, I'm wow. gonna do this. And I just said, make it like I've been doing it my whole life. Wow. And the first time I covered, it was like I've been doing it my whole life. It did feel weird. It, it, it was just like, okay, this is just another aspect of my walk. And so the first time I walked into a classroom, the first question I got is, are you Muslim? Like, and I looked at him and I said, okay, look at how I'm dressed. Look at how Muslim women are dressed. Think about it. Hmm. <laughs> I had no idea that my dress was gonna come to this level because I was still comfortable wearing tank tops mm-hmm. okay and now it's like I'm at the point of getting ready to go get rid of all my t-shirts just about nice okay from that to this transformation total transformation yo fito talking about um, a different way, a different thing that how the commandment to have joy is actually on the written level just for Sukkot. Mm. Um, who was it that you were saying? Uh, I was listening to uh, Rabbi Wolby. I don't remember who was quoting. He was quoting somebody. Uh, Probably today. Probably so. Um, but he's saying about how the, um, the mitzvah of Sukkot is considered the uh, most difficult mitzvah. Wow. Because it's um, you have to be joyful for uh, for seven days. Wow! And how that's like the highest thing to keep that for that whole period. Okay. <laughs> Please, yeah. When you're done. That was. Yeah, that that was it. Just. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, because when you say that you know it's the hardest one, you know, as far as you have to be joyous for seven days, mm-hmm. this is where it said that Yonah received his gift of prophecy. During the Yes, during the water drawing ceremony, to be exact. So that's from the Midrash says, um, and I believe, yeah, that should be in there this week, actually. Um, and the cool thing about that, connect that now to Nineveh, because he was not joyous on that occasion, and he went from receiving the gift of prophecy at the pinnacle of like it is difficult. This is going against the grain. This is like crucify my flesh and be happy, you know, to Hashem. And it's like, well, I'll do that as long as I don't have to go to Nineveh. <laughs> just kind of yeah, like, you still had to go to Nineveh. You know, and so it's just kind of a very interesting, interesting. Um, paradox looking at it in that light. Wow. And it's interesting, too, that he, the book of Jonah ends, it's been set at Sukkot, you know. And it ends with him in a, such a depressed place, without any joy there. When he's trying to bring in Nineveh, and Sakota's not bringing in the nations. Oh my god! <laughs> and that's what—that—that that was my thing. Is like that's why we have wow. to be the happiest. Is because we're bringing everybody wow. in. Wow! You know. Because heaven rejoices over one Amen. sinner who mm-hmm. repents. Amen. Wow. And 
and sometimes oh, it's not always easy to rejoice when you're oh. trying to bring them in because for what for whatever reason they're talking smack about you treating you like crap and yet you still have to count it all joy but in this case they mm. were being responsive it was jealousy mm. that's jealous. why he wasn't rejoicing is because mm. he was jealous or bitter or something right. yeah when, when i've when i've heard the take on, on jonah like like why he didn't want to get them to repent because he knew they were going to repent mm -hmm. and he knew that hashem would forgive them but the reason why he really didn't want them want to go is because he knew that fact but he knew he also knew that that the hasatan would take that account and then bring it before hashem and say that the, the, uh, the citizens of nineveh repented and your children will still will still not repent mm -hmm. and so it was just the whole dichotomy of like i don't want that to be even a, uh, like a prosecuting fact yeah. against israel so wait 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 so you're saying he took that upon himself to keep israel from being uh accused yeah like it, talk, it talks about it literally i have i didn't bring it with me but there's a whole i have a, what? a jewish book of thought that talks about like jonah like uh stepping up for the uh, the honor of the sun wow yeah because talking about like israel being the son and hashem being the father mm -hmm. So I was just like, I don't know. And then I was thinking about Yeshua, so it's just, I know it's kind of, could run wild with that. Wow. So this is quickly approaching Nadab and Avihu mm -hmm. back and forth. Like, how, how could you receive your gift of prophecies from such a, a difficult time to be joyous, but then go to something that should be super joyous and yet you're not? And it's a picture of Sukkot. You know, and it's just kind of like, well, if he didn't do that, then there would be major accusations on the table for the accuser to bring before Hashem. Shalom Aleichem. I think there's something to be sought out there. I don't, I don't know what Hashem would say, but I see that playing out with how the message of Yeshua goes to the nations, and it is to provoke jealousy in a sense. Yeah. That like that's what we're seeing right now is. This, they're wanting to come in, and it's this like. But we don't want anything bad to be there's, said about us. There's so a let's Jonah keep syndrome. That quiet and all there's this, a Jonah syndrome know. going on because there's not there's a suppression of conversion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's just kind of like that is true. Yeah. That's happening right now in our day. That's good. The whole thing about the, the letters of the, the Torah scroll being the, the natural born Jews and then the, the, uh, the cults or the yeah. crowns are the, the converts. Wow. But, That's why we're all black sometimes. Right. And uh, <laughs> the, the, he said, that's why I wear all black sometimes. <laughs> Letter of the law, here he yeah. comes. <laughs> next part, shot, next part. Yeah. One, of, one of the things that, that me and Zoll have kind of been like slowly, slowly like working towards is like being able to learn the, the, the halakha behind writing a Torah scroll. Mm -hmm. So one of the videos I found about the guy going over the halakha was talking about these crowns and like literally that the crowns were were the uh the accurate the acronym for the crowns like which letters get the crowns mm -hmm. is a wording called shotness gets which is literally like the word that spells shotness and then gimel sadi and then uh 
he was, but he was saying he's like not only he's like well, why do these why, why these specific letters he's like that's just for you to remember he's like but literally these crowns are, is, is like when you add the crowns to the Torah scroll this is what weakens the satan so if you take that wow. run run that together with the, the come on come on the converts is like when the converts convert yes. to Judaism and follow Torah mm. you're actually weakening the satan. Mm. Mm. So, so our fear is <laughs> I'm jumping out the window. Our fear of being accused is realized when we keep them from coming in. Mm. But if we let them come in, it lessens the accusation against us. Yeah. So we don't have to have We're like building up the house. Yeah. Because they are becoming us. <laughs> but then that almost sounds like it will go back to the Azazel goat too. Yeah. Because if there's because if we're allowing which we're supposed to do allowing converts to come in and it lessens the accusation there's nothing there's no way the house of could excuse us that which makes oh, human turn raised israel yeah so the azazel would come into play with those who are suppressing it mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just kind of like while they're over there doing that, mm-hmm. for those of Israel who are bringing in the converts, mm-hmm. we have the, the picture of the two goats. Right. And so it's kind of like it's not obviously it's not ideal because we don't want converts not making it in because we're talking about people's souls here. Right. But at the same time, when when you're looking at the balance and the scale with uh, Kol Yisrael, you know, there, there is that aspect of it, you know. But I would just submit to the table, this is why Yom Kippur is only one day a year. We don't do Azazel's all the time, so. <laughs> no, but that's why we have all the other sacrifices. Yeah, you know, like Sukkot. Like, yeah. that's the only festival we sacrifice for all 70 nations. Wow, yeah. So. Okay. You know, too, maybe we maybe we need to really check our heart. Yeah, heart check. Because if we're having issues with bringing converts in, then the question is, what's our problem? What are we jealous of? Why don't we want to talk? Oh, tag. When you're done. Go ahead. <laughs> so, it's been said that that converts are like leprous patches on the skin of a Jew. So that means if we bring in the converts, Excellent. we're bringing leprosy on ourselves, just like Mashiach, mm-hmm. who has leprosy, mm-hmm. and he's wrapping his bandages. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe is that why when the leper has is full of leprosy, he's, oh. he's pure? <laughs> is that, is that why he's like, I'm gonna no, kick cool. the table over. I'm kicking it. <laughs> When the leper, you would think that when the leper has oh. all leprosy all over his body, he would be still, he would, you know, be rendered like for sure impure. But it's not, it's not that way. He's actually rendered pure. Mm. That's why it says the fullness. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The, the fullness. Oh, oh. triple what bomb. What do you say? Oh my God. That's why Joel says the fullness of the Gentiles have to. You saw that? That was legit. So <laughs> <laughs> He's like. The smell of violence. It's amazing. <laughs> what just happened? Oh, gosh. The fullness of the... 
Okay. All right, let's source it out. So we'll have to be like Messiah in becoming impure to Ooh. make the, to the restoration. Yeah, to make the chuba. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Really? Wow. It's getting turned up. But in that's here. literally what's happening now. It's like, like you were saying, it's like there's just pushback and like, no, we don't, we don't watch, we don't watch it. We're not going to really talk about it. But it's still happening because the whole fact is that, like, as we get closer and closer, the Satan is losing his power. Like, that's right. Yeah. You know. I mean, and think about it. Think about it, um, 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 Mr. Mitt. Think yes. about it. 20 years ago, we did not have the influx of people wanting to come into the Torah movement like we do now. It's almost like, it's like the floodgates are starting to open up and people are going, wait a minute, what I have been taught for years is wrong. I want the truth. And now they are literally making shuva. Amen. Shuva on their shuva. Amen. They're coming to the truth. Amen. They're coming like a stampede. So it's like, we've got to be ready for the stampede. That's right. That's why we're Avengers. So source tag, we are at the Agarit to Rome, chapter 11, verse 25. It says uh, that blindness has happened to Yisrael uh, and it's experienced a hardening of heart and part until the full number of Goyim, Gentiles, has come in. So this Jonah syndrome is going to play out until we get completely covered in leprosy. Mm. Mm. So what we're doing at Lapid, absolutely crucial, absolutely vital. And with knowing Mashiach is closer than ever to coming back, we definitely pick up steam, you know. And one of the, uh, the most beautiful things that I heard uh, recently, there's a lady named Riv- Rivka Malka. Ask me how I got to watch a Rivka Malka video. <laughs> she, yeah, she yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for those of us who have Asian Sky Heels, that's how that happens. And so she said that we're like a soldier in Hashem's army. And we all need to pick up our gun and we need to shoot. We don't need to worry about how we look. We don't need to worry about how we're holding it. And is this is this like something I should do now? It's like, no, pick the gun up and go. It is not time to second guess. It is not time to finesse. We got to make it happen right now. And I'm thinking to myself, like, ultimately, what does that look like? We're going to have people coming in left and right. And it's just like, who knows Kashrut? Who can, who's the best way to, the, uh, who's the best resource for helping people Kashrut their kitchen? Who's the best resource for helping people, you know, to learn the Torah portions, learn the calendars? Who's the best person to learn Zit Zit from? Who's the best person to learn Tefillin from? The best, yeah, yeah, specialize. And again, I, I, I said it lightly, but I'm saying it heavier now. This is why we literally are Avengers, because each one of us possess these quote unquote superpowers that are specifically channeled through us as the vessel that Hashem has selected. And we have to use our abilities when that moment comes necessary. And we need to be highly aware of who all can do what and do this thing together. 
You know, because the biggest thing that I learned from watching the Avengers movie was the only way Thanos was killed is by everybody working together. And, like, just stampede Thanos. Like, he had no chance because he had women on one side, and he had men on the other side, then he had armies on the other side, and it was just kind of like, you're, you're not winning. I'm going to have to watch all these So, movies. not that you need to watch that movie, but you could. It'd be really awesome. But um, <laughs> just a, a cool concept that I learned and I saw is just if we all, like, bring it, everything that we got, you know, this is why I love the Weaver podcast because, you know, this is Aramaic, you know, and the history behind it. Where did it come from? You know, and knowing that not a lot of Yehudim returned from Babylon. And then what's happening right now? Not a lot of Yehudim are returning from, quote unquote, Babylon or the Edom exile. You know, obviously we want to get there as Lapid, but we got a mission to do. We're not going, we're not not going because we don't want to, you know. We're but, not not going because they don't want us. <laughs> right, you know. And so uh, eventually, though, we know that's ultimately where we're going to land. But in the meantime, we're going to be as violent as we possibly can. <laughs> and we will learn the language right. and not just be like, yeah, let's just stick with English, you know, because that's cool. It's like, well, English is 400 years old, so how are we doing with that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hebrews newly uh, resurrected from Ooh, the dead, so that's right. It's kind of new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Burgashem. May Hashem help us all to work together to bring in the fullness of the nations. We don't have to. We don't have to do it all. But the nations are watching us. Yeah. They're watching us. We don't know it half the time that they're watching us. Nope. But they're watching us, especially our family members that are not in this walk. They're watching us. And I, I'm sorry to say, don't come straight. They're watching us to see, see if we're going to mess up. Yep. They want to see if this is really legit. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had friends walk away from me. Call me a heretic, call me an apostate because I'm doing this to a walk. And I'm like, look, that's what you want to believe, that's fine, you know. Um, I've had other friends that have watched me. We have talked. Like, one of my, my best friend from college, she's like, I remember when you converted, and I was skeptical because. I thought you had turned, you had walked away from Yeshua. Mm. And I said, okay. And she said, but talking to you, reading your posts, mm. seeing what you post, when you post stuff on Facebook, because it's like, you quit posting a lot of stuff on Facebook because I don't have time for Facebook now. Cool. You know, I truthfully really don't. And she said, but seeing that, I see, no, you didn't walk away from Yeshua, your love and your and your willingness to serve him just intensified because of you converting. Ooh. And I said, "Yeah, get you some." So when you come, <laughs> right? It's also. So, huh? I just wanted to add, like, it's also interesting that, like, whenever you weren't living, like, like a, a 
I mean, for, for me, like, I, I wasn't living, like, a religious lifestyle. I was living mm -hmm. a secular lifestyle. Mm -hmm. If nobody told me anything whenever I was living a secular lifestyle, right. but, it, like, yeah, but as, as, soon as, as soon as you start following Torah, yeah. they're like, oh, man, you 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 messing up. You're going yeah. down the wrong path. Right. It's like, yeah. wow. what? Like, Everybody has an opinion. Where was this at, like, five, you know, yeah. you know where, whenever I was doing other stuff? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like my mom, for example, Dale and I had just started, really started keeping, keeping Torah, keeping the Shabbat and everything. And he came home, he had had a bad day. And we got into a little argument. And my mom walks out of her room and she says, isn't this supposed to be one of y'all's holy days? And I'm going, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Shalom. Yeah, literally, got kicked in the teeth. It's like, okay, back to the starting point. <laughs> you know? Yep. We had to make shuva and repent, and the whole nine yards to repent to my mom. And I'm like, okay, God, I realize now, everybody's watching, so we yeah. got to be on, we got to be on point, all the time, all the time. Now my mom is asking me questions. Now she's like, well, what does this mean? What does this mean? I have my cousin in California. She says, when you come to the family reunion, I want you to teach me how to keep Shabbat. Wow. This is what I'm getting. Teach me how. Teach me how. We just found out our family is Jewish. Teach me how to do this the right way. <laughs> okay. Come on. <laughs> And I'm sitting here going, oh, God, I really got to be on my game now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I like the challenge because if I got to teach somebody how to do it, then that means I need to be doing it my own self. I find that teaching somebody always, it's like it writes it in you another Level. Yeah. Like when you do yeah. someone else. It's... Yes. Yeah. I actually got a tag on that. Yeah. Um, we actually talked about this in the Hofstra podcast last night. Um, so I love that you bring that up. So Pierre K. Avot is talking about studying and teaching. Mm -hmm. So Pierre K. Avot 4 5 says Rabbi Yishmael, his son, says, one who studies Torah in order to teach will be given the opportunity to both study and teach. Mm. Now, this is going to take it up a notch. Mm -hmm. One who studies the Torah in order to practice mm -hmm. will be given the opportunity to study, to teach, to observe, and to practice. Right. So, right. how are we ready for when people have these questions? We live a life of observance. You know, this is like the godliness that accesses the power, you know, and everything that we talk about with Lapid Judaism, I mean, it's literally in our title, Observant Judaism Centered in Messiah Yeshua. Yeah. I mean, she asked me, she says, what's the website for your synagogue? Here it is. Yeah, well, that's all you need to do. She's like, well, how do I do this? What do I need to do? And I said, well, start. Start. <laughs> yeah. I said, you know what? You could either go to go to the dollar store, get you a couple of get you a couple of nice looking candlesticks, candelabras, mm -hmm. get you two candlesticks, match it. Yep. Friday night. Light candles. Call me. We will go through it. I will walk you through it on the phone. Yep. And she's like, you will? Sure, I'll do it. 
And also, there's this little-known resource called the Aliyah Day. Um, you know, 30 minutes of get you some. Um, if, we, if we're handing those out to people, because one of the things that I'm quickly realizing is that we can't answer people's questions, like this full gamut of questions, all at once. We have to... Uh, we have to live lives that model and, and exemplify the fact that you learn as you live. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about show me in the Torah where it says Messiah specifically is a sin offering. That's not going to make a lick of difference to you if you're not living as if he was a sin offering. Right. You know, and furthermore, how do you find out what that really means? How do you find out the answer to that question? You have to study. You have to learn. You, you have to understand why is such and such source mm -hmm. something that actually has clout mm -hmm. and something that actually backs up that statement. And you won't know those things if you're not actively involved in living that life, if you're not following the Torah cycles. Right. So far right now, just in this week's Torah portion, Rabbi has went through head coverings. He's went through how it's more important to be uh, a blemish-free offerer yes. as opposed to a blemish-free offering, yes. that was absolutely yeah, ridiculous. Was so I mean, come well, on. The whole thing about, like, your prayer is a blemish-free offering. You just come and say your, your make sure that you're a blemish-free yeah. offerer to I say mean, the prayer. And I was come like, come on, right? We're, we're in PowerShot more. Like, what does that have to do with anything? And it's just like, well, at some point, someone's going to say, why do y'all wear head coverings? And why do y'all pray in like these weird languages that I don't understand? And why do y'all do this weird movement when you're praying? And it's just like, well, Baruch Hashem, come to, come to Sar Shalom, listen to the Aliyah Day, and I'll give you kind of a little introductory, you know, answer to your questions. But in order for you to really get the answer, you have to live it, you know, which is one of the cool things about looking at our messiah like before judaism i believed in messiah right but now in judaism i like believe in messiah right. like because i'm acquainted with him right. you know and my heart breaks the more i'm acquainted with him because people who say they believe in him have no idea you know they look at the fact that you you won't eat something unless it has a hexer on it right. it's like well little did you know mashiach's words are like everything of his words is hexer right you know like so if you're gonna eat codified. anything you know what's that codified right and so it's just like so this should not be something foreign if you really love messiah mm -hmm. you know like this is the standard this is the yeah. this is the cloud you know the you know the great cloud of witness that we all talk about. Well, you should probably take your habitation next to those witnesses, and you can learn more. You know, so I just think it's incredible to be on that level. Like I was telling, I was telling Zeke on Shabbat. I said, you know, I'm gonna be very honest with you. Since I started taking the Mushak classes, that's really not kicked kicked everything up in my life. Whole mega levels. I mean, like, for example, the result that I've been working on right now is with the whole. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought I knew what trust was. I thought I knew <laughs> what faith was. I ain't no jack did squat. Wow. I ain't know nothing. 
Because, and like I said, in the church, you are taught that faith and trust is the exact same thing. And those are not. It's two totally different things. Yeah. It's trust, two totally different things. Trust comes after faith. Yeah. Ooh. That's, that's like, that's the level after faith. Yeah. And it's like, well, as they can rave well, me, he, he put me on the spot. He said, well, what is trust? Ooh. And I said, trust is believing that no matter what the circumstances, Hashem's got my back and he's going to take care of it. He starts asking you questions. You're like, yeah. So how am I gonna pay for it, Shane? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, that's just I mean, and that's yeah. just like my trust level went from here to. Don't ask me. Ask him. He he got the money. Mm. We not friends. We don't talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. My Abba says, "Stranger danger." So. Exactly. Bye, Felicia. That's good. Oh my gosh, we need to do that. And I'm sitting here going. I love that. Wow. Oh my God, you just totally ramped up my Bitcoin and my faith all in one. You know, because faith. What does it say? Faith is the evidence. Faith is the substance of faith is. Substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Unseen. Well, I've been saying forever. I'm going back to school. You know that. Yep. I've been saying forever, I'm going to Texas Wesleyan University. I'm going back to school. Where am I going? Texas Wesleyan University. I know where you're going. Wow. Am I registered? Mm. Mm, are you? Yay. I'm registered. <laughs> I was going to say, I think you told okay. me that. I'm registered. Are my classes paid for? I'm paid for no, but guess what? They my about to be. Paid for. They about to be. King and he that zone. I don't care where the money's coming from. I don't care if somebody got a call and say, hey, I want to pay off all her stuff. I don't care. The money is dirt. I ain't got to see it. I know my classes are paid for. Oh. I don't have to see it. I know it's paid for. Okay, source tag. Go ahead. Uh, the Garrett to the Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Mm-hmm. Now, Amuna. Is the confidence, the bitakon of what we hope for, and the assurance about what we do not see? Yep. Man. That's what the patriarchs. That's how they live. That's what they. That's what they operate on. Because yeah. not once did they ever receive the promise of living in the land. Right. You know, like but they received. They never, never owned a piece of the land. Right. That's why they always. That's why Abraham, when he traveled there, he had always oh. muzzled his donkeys. Because like, wow. this land does not belong to me yet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it's like, but he knew, he knew that he knew the ship was going to I mean, that's that's the that's probably the, the coolest thing learning about the patriarchs. Like they lived their whole life, and Hashem's promise to them never was, was no, never fulfilled. Yeah. But they knew that he they would knew. fulfill it. Yeah, wow. they knew and it. they didn't take it because they Woo. knew he, Hashem was going to give it to them. Oh, they yeah, they didn't take it. They could have. That's incredible. They could have paid for it. They had the money to yep. pay for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. And then and the, the, on top of that, oh, that's so good. because they didn't do that, 
that's why every every reference in the Torah that they talk about, this is the land that I promised to your forefathers, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, yeah. is like, that's because of what we're Goodness. Yes, that was the whole Matthew passage that the graves of the righteous yes. were open and they walked through the city. Yes. Wow. So that maybe that was like the first time they walked through. Wow. Like when it was there, all their, all their, I mean, oh, sons and daughters. That's the whole thing. You know, Yeshua said, "You have not because you ask not, but you have not because you ask amiss." Well, how do you ask amiss? Are you really trusting? Hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, do you really? Are, are you? Do you really have 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 imuna? I mean, really? It's a challenge, but you got to get to it. It's a challenge, and I had to ask myself, God, every time I ever said that I had faith, did I really have faith? And I would have to honestly say, nope. I didn't have faith. I live more in doubt than I did in faith. This is the first time that I can truthfully say, God, you got this. Okay? I've been living a week of this. I mean, I mean, that's Thursday before that, Daniel lost his job. Mm-hmm. He called me. He told me I lost my job. Okay. I called him. I said, "How are you feeling?" He said, "Relieved." Okay. Cool. Wow. You know. And automatically, it's like now, it's like the questions. Okay, we got rent. We got this. God, you got my rent. Oh God, you got my car payment. You got my insurance, you got the food, you got everything. I, it's all on you, God. You you know, you know, already knew this was going to happen. Mm. It, it might have been a shock to me, but you already knew that this was coming down the pipe. You already knew it, and you already had something prepared. Okay? Now, let me show you how quick, fast, and in a hurry this was prepared. Daniel lost his job on a Thursday. We were here for Shabbat. Hey, we paid our tithes. We had paid our tithes before. And I said, God, I'm a tither and I got tithers rights. Okay? You said to trust you, so I'm trusting you. Period. End of discussion. You said to prove you, and I'm proving you. Okay? So we came through Shabbat. Came through Sunday. Monday. Daniel. I have a job interview with Eagle Mountain Saginaw tomorrow. Okay. Tuesday, he goes for the job interview, gets the job. Oh. Starts work, start working this past Monday. He did not go a week. And that week where we did not have any money, Hashem provided that because the money came today. Wow. Okay. So I'm literally sitting here looking at this going, this is cool. I like this. Let's keep doing this. <laughs> this is the clouds of glory. Oh, my <laughs> word. Manna. So I'm sitting here going, if you can, do, if you can provide Daniel a job Ooh. literally within 48, 72 hours after losing a job, you can provide $11,000 and change for me to go to school. Did you say within 72 hours? Within 72 hours. Cause, cause I, I know there's a source that says Hashem doesn't allow the righteous to suffer for no more than three days. Wow! Wow! Oh my goodness! Wow. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so literally, let's see, Thursday, yeah. Friday, 
Saturday. Well, you can't even count Shabbat because that's not even a real. Yeah, that's outside of time. Right. So Thursday, Friday, Monday. Well, Mazalto, thank you for increasing our Amuna and Bitagon. That's amazing. I mean, Hashem is amazing. Yes, he is. Hashem is amazing because I'm sitting here. It's like I'm serious. I'm. I used to be the worrier, and I'm just like, hmm. I ain't worried about Jack. Well, tag. You're talking about Matthew six thirty four, but seek first the kingdom and uh, his, his righteousness, righteousness and, and all, all these things, things will be, be given to you as yeah. well. Don't worry about tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow what you what you is only. That's a time of reference. That, you? Yeah, I was gonna sing it. She took it from me, so I that's mean, cool. But seriously, that's I a, mean, that's a time reference. You want me to find it? No, I. I, I you got it. okay. I mean, each payla is gonna I mean, source out Yeshua, the Talmud drop Yeshua on that. brings up Solomon and all his glory was not arrayed like the flowers. And if God, if Hashem can take care of the flowers and he can feed the birds, what about you? Hold on, here's another one. Machine gun. Daniel, no job. Okay, God, what do I do? Go apply for food stamps. God, now you know all they can do is say no, yes, sir. I apply for food stamps. They call me the next day from Austin. They don't call you from Austin unless you're a major. Okay? <laughs> They called me from Austin. For the month of May, I got $161. Mm. For the month of June, I got $356. 356 Almost 365 Almost a year. Enough for a year. We did a dollar for every year. year. Mm. I mean, I'm like, Hashem. 24 hours? Really? Yeah. I ain't have to worry about that. My freezer stocked. I'm like, really? I went and delivered some stuff. I was given two packs of salmon. I've been wanting salmon since Alaska sockeye salmon. Yeah. The good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Lord, you love me, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> He's I like, do you really want me to answer that? I had to go That's get legit, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about, though. I had to go Think get some me. milk. <laughs> I know you, do. you know, I had to go get some milk. No, I didn't. I was provided not one, not two, two and a half gallons of milk. Mm. I ain't gotta go get no milk. I ain't got... wow. Next, what else? I'm waiting. What else? What else? What else? I'm waiting. Because it's coming. Wow. It's coming. When Hashem says, tithe and prove him, he ain't joking. He ain't joking. Okay, so support tag for the podcast. Just want to encourage everyone listening to this that, you know, our our very amazing Rebbe, Captain Yisrael, has thrown down the we all will tithe as a Lapid. And what you're hearing right now is proof that if we do that, literally the world changes. You get to experience, if not more, at least one sixtieth of the Alam Haba, and you get to get a semblance of what it was like to be in the clouds of glory. 
because the children of Israel had no worries at all. They literally, they embodied it and existed in not worrying about tomorrow, you know, and seeking first the kingdom of Hashem and his righteousness. And so just let it be known if you have any doubt about tithing, don't. And if you do, then you're going to have to talk to, um, I was going to say your, he, I'm going to talk to you. I was going to say your Hebrew name, but I don't have it off the top of my head yet. Tehillah but, Kedusha. but you can talk to Tehillah Kedusha and I, and you'll quickly know who else she is as well. So, but truly you can talk to anybody at Sar Shalom and get you some because that's just what needs to happen. So everybody tithe. Uh, Mikael, the incredible talent, he jokes about it a lot. But when we're literally rehearsing the song that we're going to play during giving of the tithe, yeah, he always time. adds that pay your tithe. <laughs> Some kind of rhythm way to put it in. You know, I'm like, what, what do we do? Pay your so I'm trying to think of what else. Uh, <laughs> so you're gonna be like, Adonai, pay your tithes. Oh my goodness. Pay your tithes <laughs> today. When's your album coming out? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I've been really wanting to do an album, but I'm gonna wait till Mashiach returns and do it afterwards. Or Hanukkah. Yeah, or Hanukkah. Yeah, okay, okay, I could do that. Yeah. Tell me when I'm doing my own. <laughs> That's cool. I, I, hey, yes, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny since since I've been here. What it's been like four or five years now. I've been through like that many Hanukkahs, and there's one song that I've been wanting to do, and it's called All of the Lights. Mm. You may know what I'm talking about. What song called All of the Lights? Yeah. Anyway. Inside joke. Yeah, but I've been wanting to change that to all of the lights and make it like lighting each light each night for building up to Zotonica. And like how the whole process of kindling a new branch is like you rededicating more and more of your life to a shim. You know, and like ultimately when it's Zot Hanukkah, it's literally all of the lights. And the more and more we devote our life to Hashem, His service, deepening our mentality and our being and who He is, we literally become all of the lights. Like it all shines through. So, you know, may it be so that I do that this year because yeah. apparently that needs to happen now. So, all right. Okay, right. throwing down a gauntlet over here. You got it? <laughs> it says, Rabbi Yitzhak says, These are the people who believe in the Holy One, blessed be He, and place their trust in Him, this is Sota 48b, in all their ways, as it is taught in Abaratia. Rabbi Eliezer the Great says, That whoever has bread in his basket to eat today and says, What shall I eat tomorrow? Meaning he does not know how he will acquire bread for tomorrow. He is nothing other than those of little faith. Mm. One must put trust. One must trust in God to provide him with his sustenance. Mm. And what? So to what again? So to forty-eight B. Wow. So you wow. have little faith. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think Yeshua said that a lot. Mm. <laughs> Tell everybody. That is legit. <laughs>
Uh, Rabbi Eliezer the Great. Eliezer the Great. So he lived after Yeshua then, right? Is he the one that taught Rabbi Akiva? Yeah. So he could have been quoting from Yeshua. Not oh, around, right? no. Oh, Sir, just time out. <laughs> We're going to have to figure out what to do with you. <laughs> oh, y'all know that, that that's a thing in here? Like, <laughs> I forget why I read this at, but there, there's, there's, there's actually, uh, I think it's Rabbi Eliezer. They, brought, they, they thought that he was a follower of Mashiach. Like of, of Yeshua. Oh, you best to source that out. I'll, I'm gonna have to find it, but. Uh, okay, so they, there's they a warrant out on your desk. They bring them before the court. Okay. To to bring them as try them as a heretic, and they ask him, you know, are you guilty? I'm finding of these, it. Of these, uh, these, what they're saying about you, and he says, let the judge let the judge pass his judgment. But he was in, he was referring to Hashem, and they let him they let him go because of it. Like they ended up not doing anything to him, but it, but I don't know. If, I want to say it was in reference to Yeshua, but I think the wording was something about like a certain heritage. Is that where it talks talks about a, the note three? Is that what I'm thinking? I I think so. Yeah, I think so. Ow. That he had heard a teaching mm-hmm. from a disciple of Yeshua, I think. And said that this is good, and then then because of that, they said we're now Mm -hmm. like following this heresy teaching. A vote of zero twenty seven B. That sound right? Possibly. Let's read it and see what happens. (laughs) Okay, so the Gemara raises an objection from a Bereta: a person may not engage in dealings with heretics, and one may not be treated by them even in a case where it is clear that without medical attention, one will experience only temporal life. The Bereta relates an incident illustrating the point. By the way, I don't think this is it, but this is a cool one, though. It says, this is an incident involving Ben Dama, son of Rabbi Ishmael's sister, in which a snake bit him, and following the attack, Yaakov of the village of Sekhana, I thought Mashiach was coming. Who was a heretic, a disciple of J.C. the Nazarene. Wait, really? It it says J-E-S-U-S, the Nazarene. That's literally what the word says here. And it says, they came to treat him, but Rabbi Yishmael did not let him do so. Yes, I treated it like a speed bump, but okay. But yeah, that's in here. And it says, and Ben Dama said to him, Rabbi Yishmael, my brother, let him treat me. And I will be healed by him. And I will cite a verse from the Torah to prove that accepting medical treatment from a heretic is permitted in this situation. But Ben Dama did not manage to complete the statement before his soul departed from his body and he died. Mm. So, yeah. Recalculating. Is it uh, E-L-E-A-Z-E-R? Is that how you spell his name? Not sure. E A L yeah, like Eliezer. Eliezer. Yeah, we're looking for the Talmudic reference about Eliezer being on trial for, uh, or like accepting one of their teachings. Accepting like, a teaching of a heretic. It might be an Abu Dazara. 
Let's do this together. This is it. Keela, do you have a tag? No. No? Okay. If you do, don't be scared. 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 got 774 results to look through. <laughs> All right, prep date, engage, filters, down to 68. <laughs> Except that's not what I'm looking for, so let's get back out of that and go to this. Oh, snap, down to six. <laughs> Love them filters. Y'all got some on Eliezer now. Who are you looking at? Up to Annie a little bit. Well, 
this is not that reference, but this is the reference I was thinking about when I was reading the psychiatrist's commentary on the tour. Suka 48b says, according to some modern scholars, this seemingly silly story is an anti-Christian parody related to John chapter 7, verses 35 through 37. In these verses, Yeshua speaks to the crowd on the last day of the festival of Sukkot, saying that all who are thirsty should come and drink from him. According to the author of the gospel, he was referring to a spiritual drink, not a literal one. The story centers around two menim, which are called heretics, the Hebrew word for heretic. And it says the rabbis portray Yeshua as if he is Sason, which is one of our words for joy. It says elsewhere understood as Mashiach based on Tehillim 45.8. Keeler. May I? Yes. Brugashem. Could interchange Samayak to Mashiach. May I interrupt your studies? Uh, could you look up Tehillim 45.8 in the green book and see what it has on that? Please. Tell that about. It says that, um, <clears throat> and the, huh? Uh, 45 verse 8. It says the angel messenger named Simka tells him that he is going to literally become a water skin. The first part of the story where each claims to be greater than the other is a further parody on Christian literature. So, in other words, when we talk about Simka and Sason, the joy and the gladness of the festivals, that those are two terms that are used for Mashiach and for the angel of Hashem, which is Mashiach, and how one seemingly is greater than the other, but really the same, like, you know, Mashiach ben Yosef and Mashiach ben David. And so, Sukkot 48b brings down a whole drop on that. Specifically says, uh, the actual text of that tractate says, the Gemara relates there were two, there were these two heretics, one named Sason and one named Simka. Sason said to Simka, I am superior to you, as it is written, they shall obtain joy, which is Sason, and happiness, which is Simka, and sorrow and sighing shall flee. Yeshayahu 35.10. The verse mentions joy first. Simka said to Sason, on the contrary, I am superior to you. As it is written, there was happiness, which is Simka, and joy, which is Sason, for the Jews. Esther 8, 17, which is Sason, or Simka v'sason. Uh Something, something, Jews, Habdala Baraka. Sason v'yika. Come on. Okay, anyway. Okay, so in, in our Havdalah Bracha, by the way, uh, Simka comes before Sason. So it would actually be in agreement here with this uh, section of Sukkah 48b about what Simka is saying to Sason. It says, so Sason said to Simka, one day they will dismiss you and render you a messenger 
as it is written, for you shall go out with happiness. Yeshayahu 55.12. Simcha said to Sasson, one day they will dismiss you and draw water with you, as it is written, with Sasson shall you draw water from the well of salvation. So anyway. Shua. Back to Abdallah. <laughs> Anything on 45.8? You'll be next in line. All in Would you like to read it? Could you read it? Uh, you want me just to read the psalm or the this? Yes, let's it. read the psalm first and okay. see what we got here. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore has God your God anointed you with oil of joy above your peers. So Sasson is the word there. So Shemin Sasson. So they're using Sasson and that's the word for joy. Okay. So, what did they got here? Oil of joy above your peers. The entire world rejoiced when God anointed you. And mm. they have something about Abraham. Let's do Abraham because he's been our spotlight okay. tonight. God tells Abraham, you love righteousness. You love to exonerate my creatures. You hate wickedness. You refuse to condemn them. Therefore, has God your God anointed you with oil of joy above your peers? There were ten generations from Noah to you, and of all, and of all of them, I have spoken to none but you. Bereshit Rabbah thirty nine six. Wow. Well, tell Rabbah, I will put this back. Okay. Avodah Zarah sixteen b. Sixteen b. The Gemara the relates incidents involving sages, who were sentenced by the ruling authorities. The sages taught. When Rabbi Eliezer was arrested and charged with heresy by the authorities, they brought him to a tribunal to be judged. A certain judicial officer said to him, Why should an elder like you engage in these frivolous matters of heresy? Rabbi Eliezer said to him, The judge is trusted by me to rule correctly. That officer thought that Rabbi Eliezer was speaking about him, but in fact he said this only in reference to his father in heaven. Rabbi Eliezer meant that he accepted God's judgment, i.e., if he was charged, he must have sinned to God in some manner. The officer, the officer said to him, Since you put your trust in me, you are acquitted. You are exempt. When Rabbi Eliezer came home, his students entered to console him for being accused of heresy, which he took as a sign of sin, and he did not accept their words of consolation. Rabbi Akiva said to him, My teacher, allow me to say one matter from all that which you taught me. Rabbi Eliezer said to him, Speak. Rabbi Akiva said to him, My teacher, perhaps some statement of heresy came before you, and you derived pleasure from it, and because of this you were held responsible by heaven. Rabbi Eliezer said to, to him, Akiva, you are right, and you reminded me that once I was walking in the upper market of Zippori, and I found a man who was one of the students of Yeshua Hanotri, and his name was Yaakov of Kafar, Shekahana. Wow. He said to me, It is written in your Torah, <laughs> You shall not bring the payment to, the to a prostitute or the price of a dog into the house of the Lord your God. Deuteronomy 23.19 What is the halakha? It is permitted to make, it is permitted to make from the payment to a prostitute for services rendered a, a bathroom for a high priest in the temple. 
and I said nothing in to him in response. And then it just goes on from there. Side note that Yaakov is from the other Avodah Zarah drop that we just mentioned earlier. The one with the snake bite? Mm. That's the same Yaakov. Okay. So the one was like, Yaakov could have been the one to give the healing, but the snake, he didn't get to heal him before he died. So, okay. I just thought it was interesting. Told Dal Rabbah. That is now. He derived pleasure from the teaching. <laughs> codified. Man. And honest confession over here, I was spelling Eliezer every way but this way. <laughs> <laughs> With the E? Yeah. yeah. Uh, E's and A's. And it's like, you want this Eliezer? No, not that one. You want this one? No, not that one. E L I E Z E R. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So there's that. Well, it's cool that you found it because when I did type it the right way, I came up with five thousand seven hundred and something <laughs> results. They like making you run the game, don't they? That's my job. Rikishim. All right, well, we got a, a minute. Who wants to take the last minute? I'll take a stab at it. Get you some. So I, got, I was reading in the, uh, I don't have it with me, but I was reading in the in the Wellsprings of the Torah. Mm-hmm. And it said, because I, I never, I kind of thought about it, but I never really asked the question. I didn't think to ask the question because I was like, oh, well, we just celebrate Sukkot when we celebrate Sukkot. The reason why we celebrate the coat on the 15th of Tishrei is because that it was the uh, the day after Yom Kippur. So the 11th of Tishrei, Moshe told the children of Israel to bring him stuff, tackles. The 12th and the 13th, they were bringing him stuff. On the 14th, the wise men co- collected all the things and started making stuff with it, or not making stuff with it. They collected everything. They like started. Uh, Distributing. Distributing it. On the 15th, they started building the tabernacle and the clouds of glory repaired back to the children of Israel. Because when they sinned with the golden calf, they had, they did not, they, the clouds departed from them. What? So. But I was just like, that makes total sense now. I, I, I never knew why we did it to come on Tishrei and not like back in Nissan when we had the clouds and the, the pillar fly, fire by night. Well, so there's this thing where you set an alarm, but you have to turn the volume up. (laughs) Just all kinds of fail tonight. But I don't care because y'all are like, all need to get some help. So what do we know? What do we know? Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Natan Lanu Torah Temet, Vekaye Olam Nata Betokeinu, Baruch Atah Adonai, Notena Torah, Amen. Amen. Shalom Elalatov.